Sunshine, Thursday morning, Bob Miller, Ryan Hedrick, the dynamic duo, top-rated show in Frederick as far as I'm concerned, and the only show worth listening to. All right, Bob, so it's going to take a lot of money to win the presidential race, but how far is the GOP willing to go to win the race? I, I mean, how much money do you think the GOP party is willing to spend to go all in to, to recapture the White House? Well, the first question I think maybe you have to ask is how much is it going to take to put up the candidate that the Republican insiders or the Republican mainstays mm-hmm. are willing to put up to have their person that they really want. I yeah. don't think they really want Donald Trump. So what happens there? I think the game of, of cat and mouse with the Department of Justice and Donald Trump and his attorneys are, you know, can they push it out far enough to where Donald Trump can pardon himself? Because that is becoming more and more like it seems like the exit strategy you have to have given the classified documents felonies that he's facing. There was an FBI analyst and I want to go back to the, the amount of money that it's going to spend because I believe I have a definitive number here. But there's an FBI analyst, and I believe her name is, I'll get that for you, it's Kendra Kingsbury. And she was convicted in Dodge City, Kansas yesterday of classified documents, holding classified documents. She'll spend three years and ten months in prison with three years supervised release. So... If that's any type of gauge about the the magnitude of the charges that Trump is facing, then he could very well be out of the race and occupied with fighting these charges. However, if it looks like he's going to win the presidency, he can simply probably go in and pardon himself. That's probably what I would do, honestly. Do you think um, that would set a good precedent that the president can say, mm, my bad, I forgive myself, and everybody else should too, that they should be able to pardon themselves? Well, I, I mean, I would answer that question with another question. Is it, is it a good precedent to even indict him in the first place? Well, that's, that's, not, um, that's neither here nor there. For me, it's more of a question is that then are we looking at uh, having a person whether they be a democrat or a republican because let's let's be honest the democrats use those kind of things more than anybody else well in my opinion it, joe biden is is pardoning himself by by default by running the department of justice that he they ran circles around the hunter biden story five years they investigated him and they come up with a plea agreement in which Hunter's not going to do any time, going to get a slap on the wrist, going to have some fake diversion program for his crack cocaine problem, and he's still, still going to evade taxes. So Joe Biden is using the same system that we're now criticizing Donald Trump for trying to use. So uh, would it be a good precedent? I don't know, but is it already being done? I think it is. Well, but not not into the point where the president stands up and says i pardon myself okay so why doesn't i mean joe biden could sit there and pardon hunter biden and he hasn't yet not yet not yet but he i will. mean if, if i was hunter biden i would sit there well then again you know maybe the love lost between those two because your your theory is that hunter left his bla- his uh, laptop there to ruin his dad 
Um, but would would Joe Biden, if I'm Hunter Biden, I'm like, let's get this out in the open. Let's get everything, every you know, put it all out there. Papa, Papa, please, Papa, please, pardon me. Well, can you imagine? Okay, so. It all goes back to the money being spent on the race. And I will say it's it's one billion dollars just to close out that thought process. But let's go back to Hunter Biden real quick. So hypothetically, if they would have arrested him and indicted him and embarrassed him like they've embarrassed Trump and Hunter went through the legal process and say he pleaded not guilty, then suddenly you have a trial. And can you imagine how messy that trial would be? Can you imagine calling witnesses, including your father? the president of the United States. So you're right. They're making this thing go away because it's not good for anybody involved. Well, yeah. And that's the, that's the thing had, and just let's go back a few years when Donald Trump was in office and how the media excoriated the Trump family. I mean, they were just, you know, they're they're making money off of the president. They're doing <laughs> right. this, and he's getting, they're getting special treatment. And now we see Hunter Biden gets all that. Yeah. And nothing is being said. But if if it does come to fruition that he does get in trouble, what would be said by the right if uh, Hunter gets pardoned by his dad? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot at stake, and it, it goes back to the the start of the segment when I talked about the money. Do you know in 2020, almost $6 billion was spent on the president race, about four times what it cost two decades ago, according to NPR, but $1 billion for the primary, a first for Republicans. So there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of power at stake. There's a lot of money at stake. And there are a lot of lives on the line. There's a lot of secrets. There's a lot of dead bodies in Washington. And somebody knows where the bodies are buried. And one of those people is Joe Biden. And this guy is inherently corrupt. It shows with the charges against Hunter Biden. It shows I would not blame Donald Trump for pardoning himself because I don't think he really even did anything worthy of indicting him in the first place. But uh, yes, but I know we got to go for a break, but some of it is the narrative. Some of it is what you see. I pardon myself. And that would just drive the media. That's all you would hear. He would get nothing done if he became president again because he pardoned himself. Right. I, I just said that's just a that's just something we don't need to ever see. A, a Trump presidency is for the country right now, maybe not what the country needs. And I know people that listen to this show, I like Donald Trump, and I think I would vote again for Donald Trump. But it's we're in a culture where you can't speak out against Donald Trump if you're a conservative because you're painted not a conservative. I don't need anybody to tell me what I am, okay? I don't need anybody to tell me you're not a conservative because our job is to theorize, it's to speculate about politics. And the bottom line is this. If Trump goes into office again, they are going to burn America down. They, we've been down this road before. Antifa and BLM are going to hold the country hostage. We're going to come into a couple of obstacles with Trump. The first is election integrity, because I don't feel like the elections will ever be free and fair again until we get away with mail-in balloting. The second is the threat from the left. Antifa is the Democratic 
enforcement agency of the Democrat Party. They, they're the enforcement agency of the Democrat Party. They're going to threaten that if you vote for a Republican next year in the presidential race, they're going to burn the country down. And a lot of people, cowards in this country, are going to vote for Democrats just by virtue of those threats alone. 8.30 at WFMD. Morning News Express at WFMD. Good morning. Todd Miller, Ryan Hendrick. Kirk Cronkie is gone. He's exited the building. Well, yeah. he will tomorrow. You're not going to be here tomorrow? I'm not. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to be in the friendly skies somewhere. Parts wow. unknown. Parts unknown. Wow, you're you're uh, you're flying. I'm flying. Kind of cool. Not driving. Yeah. Okay. Be a pretty long drive to where I'm going. We're going to, uh, well, we're going to California, Bob. Are you really? No, I'm not going to California. Hmm. I'm going somewhere around the, it's somewhere in the United States. Somewhere, okay. somewhere in the U.S. So so secretive. Yeah, we're gonna we're <laughs> we're gonna spend a day there, and then we're gonna come back. Wow. Yeah. So it looks like somebody's getting paid a bit too much money to be able to just fly <laughs> somewhere for the day. Well, no, God has blessed me, you know, in so many ways. I have so many good friends. So, um, yeah, eight fifty. Three at WFMD. What else is there to talk about? Let's see. There's an Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg cage match in the works. Yeah, you heard that right. In totally normal news, right? Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter owner Elon Musk might be duking it out in a high-profile fight. It all started with a Musk response on June 20th on a Twitter thread mocking Zuckerberg which stated, I'm up for a cage match if he is, LOL. The crack was in response to a user saying that Zuckerberg d- does jiu-jitsu now, reference to mm-hmm. his recent meddling in a br- Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament. And then on Wednesday evening, Bob, Zuckerberg responded on his own platform, Instagram, by posting a story which included a screenshot of the tweet and responded with, Send me a location. Now, suddenly, Zuckerberg is a tough guy. Would you fight Zuckerberg? I would. Oh, yeah. I'd kick his butt. Yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, if he does jiu-jitsu, the, the biggest thing would be just don't grab me. Because, right? Isn't what That jiu-jitsu is predicated on people grabbing you. If they can't grab you then they can't do their jiu-jitsu on you. Right. Yeah, just remember Singh. Isn't that what uh, what's her name told you? <laughs> yeah. uh, Miss Congeniality? Just do that. Hit so, the groin. So who's your money on, Bob? Uh, Elon Musk. Yeah? Yep. <laughs> Only because, I don't know, he just looks like he's not going to take any prisoners. You know, so we have some really talented people in this building, and I'm being told that the production staff has already turned around a promo for this one. Check this out. Coming to pay-per-view, the cage match you never expected. Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg. In one corner, the head of Tesla himself. Honestly, you know, some of these conspiracy theories uh, have turned out to be true. Um, all right. In the other corner, the founder of Facebook. Yeah, I'm looking at a page, and is this page authentic? I think that there's a bunch of signals around that. Yes, whatever that means. Anyway, watch as these two fight each other in a steel cage match to find out. In fact, you could, you, if you could just, you can just look at the heat 
key signature for space, and it's, it'll be very obvious. Huh? Yeah, we have no idea what you're... One of the things that we try to do is for large pages, we try to make sure that we know who the admin of that page is. Whatever you say, nerd. Elon versus Zuckerberg, <laughs> coming to pay-per-view. Yeah, you know, that that is a great promo, and that that is probably a pay-per-view that I would purchase. I wouldn't purchase a lot of pay-per-views, but... Yeah, but it would only be on social media. So which platform, Twitter or Facebook? Or it would be a cross-promotion. Oh, okay. It, I am give wi- some money? Uh, they split it. 50-50. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, go- Musk has more money than Zuckerbucks, doesn't he? I have no idea. When you get up that high of money, it, it's, <laughs> it's just unfathomable. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard to realize exactly how much uh, they have. So Geraldo is out at the five. Yeah. He has quit as one of the lonely liberal voices on Fox's popular political uh, combat show, so to one speak. Of, one of them. They, yeah. they kind of rotate him. And that's a tough job. I mean, that's like the Frank Mitchell. He's the Frank Mitchell of the five. Well, Frank loves this, though. He's Frank, always in the Frank wrong. loves his role. He yeah. loves to be hated. He yeah. loves to be, you know, made fun of. It's it's a sort of a weird role. Frank knew exactly what he was getting into when he started programming the station and took on that role. The last scheduled appearance on the five for Rivera uh, is uh, his 80th birthday, July 4th weekend. And despite airing in the late afternoons of primetime, the five has become one of Fox's most watched programs. So I have a solution to all the problems at Fox News. I say... That they do away with the Kaylee McEnany, which they seem to be trotting out more and more of her at 8 o'clock. She is not interesting at 8 o'clock. Who is interesting to me is Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters is, hands down in a way, probably the most talented person at Fox News. Put him in the 8 o'clock slot and do something with that throwaway 7 o'clock slot. But they need to stop the hemorrhaging of the viewership in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you got to find the right person. You yep. just got to find the right person, and that's going to be, you're going to have to look for them every now and then. I don't know how many tapes and resumes they're getting oh, sure. on a daily basis. They have one from you. Uh, no. I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm not made for TV, man. You know, I mean, look at me. I'm not made for TV. I understand that there are people who are made for TV, and I'm not one of them. Uh-huh. Fat and ugly doesn't get you on TV unless I, you're Larry Hogan you know, in the spot. I think Kevin McManus would be a great 8 o'clock host. Kevin's too, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He is too smart 